everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pearsal Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Rolando on War on episode 351. Yeah. A themed episode. Yeah. So uh, this, is, this is a cool episode uh, because today we're going to be talking about some of my favorite things, and that's okay. research and profit. Okay. Right. So, so this episode is good research equaling higher profits. And just thinking about that title, like got me thinking like we did that Jocko Willink book. Remember the, mm-hmm. um, and one of Jocko's, um, like phrases that he's known for is discipline equals freedom. And I feel like we can almost make <clears throat> like a peer hustle podcast phrase, which is research equals profits. Cause it's so true. Like the more, you know, we about something merch, like Ace, oh, it's coming. once it's coming, the move man. is done and all, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. going to be dropping merch here soon. Merch is coming. I think that's great. Watch some, Research watch some YouTuber like start wearing that shirt and we're like, wait a second. Well, and they, so there's like really cool, like, uh, again, like I'm not like a crazy Jocko fanboy, but like Jocko Willink has some pretty cool stuff. Like if you want like some motivation, he's got some cool things. And like people have taken, there's this guy called Akira the Don, I think. And he like takes like motivational speeches and he like throws it to like a beat in the background. <laughs> and so like, it sounds like really cool, like videos they make. I mean, it sounds silly, but like, that's kind of what TikTok does, right? You know, no, no, like, I've seen, I've seen somebody take this comedian, Theo Vaughn, when he says crazy stuff oh, yeah. and they'll drop like an EDM beat to it. Yeah. And it's like, what is this? But like, there's this one where it's like, you know, like the music's playing in the background. It's like discipline equals freedom. Freedom. And then like he's doing the things, right? But I'm like, yeah, that could be like a research equals profit. Are we going to release a track? Yeah. We need to release another rap. Yeah. Maybe. Like maybe. The, the remix. We, we had some, you, some, I think people in the recently community that wanted to join us because usually when you do a remix, right? You bring in other rappers. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to remix cause I feel like, like, uh, yeah, I don't want that to be a one hit wonder. We just got to have new songs, <laughs> but, but we'll totally bring, oh, it was a hit for sure. There's like, there's like a thousand people have watched it. That's a big deal. And if you have no, if you have no idea what we're talking about, uh, Google, uh, no, or YouTube, whatever, uh, pure as a podcast reseller rap and, yeah. and it'll come up. That's right. It's, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting when I be, go back into education and possibly become ahead of school. Like when students find that video, yeah, it, it'll, it'll, it'll never stop. I, it always comes out like students end up finding out that I have a podcast or a YouTube channel. Cause I'll mention that. Cause like, I always talk to students about YouTube and like how like I understand like, I want to be a YouTuber and make money. And like, I'm like, oh, actually, I know a little bit about, you know, YouTube and how that works. Oh, do you, how do you know YouTube? Oh, I have a YouTube channel or I've taught video classes. And uh, what's your channel? And I'm like, I'm not telling you. Never. See, I'm like Clark Kent. Like, I don't tell anybody. I don't want anybody to know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because the last thing I need is a bunch of students on. We've had a few who who find us. Um, luckily, none of them have trolled us. But the last thing I need as is a far bunch as we of, know. A bunch of, yeah, it's true. Uh, a bunch of students on like you know, mocking us and whatever, but, but we appreciate all of you that are tuning in. That's right. So, uh, today we're talking about research and, uh, and, and profits. So yeah. What, uh, what, what inspired this episode? Well, if you, I keep talking about this lantern, but this is the last time. Okay. So to catch you up to speed, I picked up this lantern and here, here's the deal. I did not think there was value in it. The person that sold it to me did not think there was value in it. I actually thought it was going to be like one of the last things to sell. I thought it was kind of special, but it was this red lantern and it had embossed on it, Santa Fe. 
which is the Santa Fe. Uh, I think it's like the railroad or whatever. Okay. See, I, I need to know more, but, um, what ended up happening is I, I listed it and it sold within hours. I actually sold while I was on the phone with Mike. Mm. Do you remember that? Yeah. I was actually calling to like talking about podcast something and you're like, Oh my gosh, I think I sold something too cheap. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and it was too late. It was too late. And it sold for $500, which wasn't bad That's being sweet. that I paid like nine something right for it on average with everything that I bought. But then I started doing the research and I'm like, Oh, this could sell for a lot more. So the, the reason that I came up with this episode is that I feel like that moment was a moment of, I don't know, forced reflection. Mm. Like I had to really rethink, like, have I, have I become too arrogant in my reselling ways that I kind of thought, Oh, I know what I'm doing. Mm. And that's why that happened. Right. Because back in the day, I think I would have done more research. Sure. And for a reason, I was so focused on, I need to list this. I need to get my money back. And, and I ended up listing it right away. And I got my money back right away. But I also gave up possibly a lot of money. Yeah. I'm not sure still. I'm not sure. But here's what I do know is I want to make sure that everybody that listens to this podcast, whether you're new or your experience realize that research is the greatest tool to making profits on eBay. A lot of people will say it's listing every day. A lot of people will say it's shipping. A lot of people will say, you know, getting into this idea of making, selling a certain amount of items every day and then you can scale. No, 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 no. I truly believe it's research because there are people that sell like 10 items a month and they make more money than Mike and I make combined with those 10 items. Why? Because they know how to research and they know the field that they're in. Yeah, that's good. So I thought we'd break this down into three areas here. You know, when sourcing, how to research, when listing, because I think there's a difference from when you pick it out in the field and then when you actually bring it home. And then the last part, what if there's no comps? Like, what do you do after that? Yeah. Right. How do you make sure that you're not losing money? Okay. So real easy. When you first started reselling, what did you do to find out how much an item was worth? Um, well, for me, um, it, it was when I first started reselling, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was eBay checking the eBay sold comps, right? Like that's, that, that was like the, like, num- did you learn that right away? Yeah. I mean, I feel like you, you told that to me, like you kind of showed me that pretty quickly in the, in the reselling thing is, is to check the comps. Um, now one of the things I didn't know to really do was, and this took a little bit more time was not just to check the comps, but also to check the sell through, right? So um, that that there's kind of those two go hand in hand. So the comps on eBay is you're checking the sold. You want to see how much has this thing sold for in the past. And if you've noticed that, hey, this thing is sold for, you know, $75. And oh, there's another one that sold for $69. And there's another one that sold for $73. Okay, sweet. So I can buy this for $5. I could probably sell it for about that much, right? So that gives you one of the first indicators that's a good research tool to use. The hard part though is it isn't a complete picture because maybe those three sold and those sold, you know, almost 90 days ago and mm. there's 400 of them listed and those are the only three that have sold. Yeah. Right. So, so there's, there's those, both of those aspects you have to take into account. But I think like the very first thing, the easiest thing to look for is that sold comp. Like is, is this even selling? So if you're new, new, like brand new, don't just look at what an item is selling for. 
Okay, you want to switch on the tabs to it going sold, and it shows you the green numbers. Yeah, because when you go to a lot of times you go to a garage sale, someone will say, "Well, this this sells for three hundred dollars on eBay." And again, even as a as as a good reseller for negotiation tactics, is is you can say, like, "Is that is that what they sell for? Is that what what um, people are trying to get them for?" So, uh, or get for them. So you can actually pull up the comps, the sold comps and show them and say, yeah, yeah, there are quite a few of these listed for $300, uh, but they're actually only selling for about 90. Um, I'll give you 20 for them. Cause if they're thinking they can make $300 for it, they're not going to be willing to negotiate as much. But then if they're like, Oh, I can only get 90 for this. That seems like a lot of work for only $90. Sure. I'll take the 20. Right. So you, you can actually use that as a good tool to show them that, Hey, people are asking a lot, but that's not what they actually sell for. Agreed. Agreed. Now, on the other side, for experienced sellers, and I need to constantly remind myself is I need to still do research when I'm checking out comps at a garage sale, at a rummage sale, at, you know, a local deal or an estate sale, whatever it is, because I can get really confident and go like, oh, yeah, I've been selling those for tons of money for the last five years. Well, it might have been a long time since you sourced that item. The market has changed. The market's changing. You pick up that item, right? So let's say this happens with, let's say it happened with both speakers. Both speakers are still pretty good, right? You can still make good money, but not all of them. Not all of them. There used to be sure. shelf speakers that I remember I could sell easily for $150 all the time. And now they only sell for about 50 to $80, yeah. right? And so paying 50 bucks for it wasn't too bad because you pay 50 and you'd flip it for 150 and it would sell within 24, 48 hours you're making, you know, a good $60, $80 in that profit, yeah. right? But now if you're paying 50 for it and it's only going to sell for $50, $80, you're going to break even. So you're actually losing money. You're losing the time that you spend sourcing it. You're losing the time that you spend listing it. Then you're losing the time that you spend to ship it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So even if you're experienced, you still have to go back to your phone. You still got to do that research. Uh, I, I find myself lately doing this more and more. I would say, you know, from 2018 when we started the podcast to so about 2021, pretty much everything was still the same, right? There was the Tommy Bahama and the Allen Edmonds and stuff like that that dropped in price. But everything else, like, you know, if you picked up some Hoka shoes, some OnCloud shoes, if you ended up picking up, you know, Doc Martens, like I'm just looking at clothing stuff, like that stuff was still pretty consistent as far as great prices, great sell-through rate. But now, not anymore. Yeah. Right. It, prices have definitely gone down. Yeah. You, you got to kind of keep keep up with what the market is doing. Um, and one of the things that's really cool, uh, a tool that you can use, and, and I've used this quite a bit, um, especially when you're outsourcing because it, it's so fast and you can do it in two different ways. So on eBay itself, there's kind of like the lens or the the image search. So I've been at at thrift stores and I see a cool trinkety thing and I'm like, this looks different. It's, it's quality seeming. It's heavy. Um, I'm going to take a picture of this because I don't, there's no markings on it. I'm not sure what it is. And occasionally you, you'll come up with like some really close matches or at least like, oh, this is a clear like artist style. It will pull that up and sometimes exact matches, but, but it, it's not perfect. Um, you're not always going to get it, uh, it right on, but a lot of times it'll get you close. Um, and then the other one is Google image. So Google lens is the, the actual like you know, program on Google that does it. Uh, it's part of their image search. It's so good. It's, it's really good. So it's going to look, cause it's, it's not just checking eBay, for instance, it's checking across all of Google 
images for similar items. And some again, sometimes it's going to be a little bit off and it's going to show you stuff that's like, oh, I can kind of see where it got that thing that kind of looks similar, but it's totally different. But a lot of times it's going to give you right on the dot and it's going to take you to a website, right? Like you're going to be able to click on it and maybe there's like a Wikipedia page about this item or there's like a some other random website where it's selling it or the 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 store or the the maker's own website or sometimes it'll take you to an eBay like the image you find will be like an eBay posting. So uh, Google Lens is a very useful tool for that. Uh, in fact, inside of our Discord, a lot of times like people will say like, what is this? And I'll Google Lens it. I don't find it. And somebody else kind of Google Lens it. And, and based off of, because you can even add some keywords sometimes, they're able to get it. And we're able to find out what an item is just by using free tools, which is really amazing. I mean, what I end up doing is I'll actually use Photo Room with it. Like I'll first take the picture and use a Photo Room, mm, remove the background. background and then I'll upload the picture. And then what it does, it's not going to give you sold comps, but at least it gives you keywords or something similar. Sure. And then you can continue doing the research from there. Yep. Right. I would actually do that and then go to check your sold comps and then you'll get, you know, an understanding of what you have. But it's, it's just, this is a tool that wasn't around when we started the podcast. Yeah. Like there, there's always, and not always, but there's been like a Google reverse image lookup, but not, not as not as easily accessible and, and useful as Google Lens is now. Yeah, and you can even use it, and this is later on, but even when you're listing items, right, you may not know what it is. It just You can just upload your pictures after you take them, right? Just upload one of them, and you'll be able to find, you know, hopefully a similar image. Now, this next one is something I've gone back to, and we're not sponsored by them. Uh, you can sponsor us if you want, worth, <laughs> worth point. Uh, you know, you can give us discounts. Uh, we can give discounts to our audience. It would be great. Shameless. Uh, but it's, I really, it, worth point has come a long way. So it used to be you pay and you'd only get like seven. You got the first seven free and then you had to pay. And then you still only got a certain amount. That's changed. Now it's unlimited. Okay. Now there is a monthly fee for it. But to go back to, uh, the lantern story. I'm gonna keep going back to it because it's kind of the the thread that ties everything together. Sure, yeah, okay, yeah. It, re- it really is. I I look when I when I you know <laughs> had my haha moment where I should have used Worth Point again. Mike and I have always said we're not perfect. Like we make mistakes. This is why we'll never call ourselves. You know, I don't know. We, we, no one ever Do calls gurus, gurus. Call themselves gurus. They don't. They don't. But they they try to you know flaunt themselves experts. as being the experts. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not an expert, but what I did is with Worth Point, I think you get us, you can get like really far back, like back to like 2001 sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I may be off. Let me, I can pull it out right here. But uh, what ended up happening was I was able to track how far back, and this is when you're out in the field. We'll talk about Terapeak. I don't, Terapeak, unfortunately, eBay hasn't found a way to integrate Terapeak with their app. Yeah. Right. You still have to go to desktop. So I don't think it's really reasonable. Yeah. It's it's more of like a after the fact type of research. Correct. Correct. So you, what you're able to do with West, uh, with West Point, West Point, with Worth Point, you can actually go back like over a decade. So I'm trying to go right now and see like how far back uh, I, I can go. I need to make sure I spell things right. I spell things wrong. You only got like two results. Yeah. That's in the key to on fat thumb uh, search. Yeah. Make sure you do that. But you can go really far back. So you can actually, you know, you can filter out the solds and you can go to like the oldest sold date. Okay. So let me see what I get here. Uh, And I'm getting stuff from like 2013 
Uh, I've gotten stuff from like 2010. I've gotten stuff from like 2008 uh, before. And what it does is it shows you how things work in an economy, right? When the economy, let's say you can see how much stuff sold for in the 2008 recession, it maybe will give you an idea of how much stuff will sell for in the next recession, mm. right? And I think that's very valuable because then it also helps you source because you can go, all right, right now, right? This item isn't selling for very much, but when things peak, it may get to this this number. And so you want to make sure that you are doing the best to ensure that you are getting, you know, something at the right price and that you're also listing at the right price. But again, when you're listing stuff, you know, it's a whole different story, but I'm trying to see as far back as I can get. I remember 2008 was the furthest I got, but for example, my, my lantern that I picked up, there was one that sold that was close to in 2021 for $15,000. Okay. I know, but it's not the same one. It wasn't the same one. I keep telling myself that. Right. But there was another one that was close that sold for like a hundred something dollars. And it was uh, in 2017. So that could mean two things that could either mean one at that time. That's what they were going for in 2017. There wasn't that much interest. It could also mean that in 2021, because of the stimulus checks and because it was the golden age of reselling, it sold for a lot or Maybe you just had the right amount of sellers on a certain item and it got bid up way high. Yeah. Right. So anyways, I'm, I'm using worth point a lot more now because you know, I'm getting into a lot more vintage and antique items. And so if that's where you're going, if you, that's how you're sourcing, I would definitely do that. If you're sourcing just like every day, you know, clothing items, you know, like I, I brought up Hoka ones or you're, you know, you're, you're, you're into the sneakerhead community or you're looking up hype stuff. Like, Chances are worth point may not be the best tool, but it, but it's out there for you to use. Yeah. And then last of all, just Google it. Yeah. So we talked about Google lens, which is useful. Uh, but, but just Google itself is, is going to be a, a very powerful tool, right? Because for instance, you, you pick up a, a duck decoy. We'll keep using those as, as uh, examples. Also, you pick up a duck decoy. You're not sure what it is. You're not even sure. You're not like a duck person. So you're like, is this a mallard? Is this like an, is this like a Canadian something? I don't know what kind of duck this is. I, so you don't even know really what to look up, but if you flip it over and you're like, oh, there's initials W R D. Okay. So I'm going to type in duck decoy W R D. And maybe you find like, oh, W R D is for a certain like name of a, of, of an artist who makes them. And he made only a certain. T- so now you have keywords to look in, in eBay. Cause sometimes you don't even know what to search for in eBay, right. but with a few things to look for, you can find, Oh, this, these are the keywords that I, I need to be looking after. So, uh, yeah, just, just using Google on its own is going to be very useful. Probably not for most things, right? Like most things that you're able to research, you're able to just do no problem. eBay, you know enough about it's, this is typically for the things you're like, I'm not hundred percent sure what this is. But, but what's weird is sometimes weird eBay dead listings show up. So yeah. there's like, it's called pick click or something. And like, it'll show me a sold from like 2014. Hmm. And I remember one time there was a, uh, it was a Mr. Christmas item and I picked it up for $35 and I could not find any comps on eBay. I couldn't find any comps on Terapeak. I, I wasn't using WorthPoint at that time. Maybe it would have been on WorthPoint. Yeah. But at that time I just Googled it and there was like a pick click and said it sold for $500. And so I'm like, Hey, I'll list it for, you know, 600 something with best offer. And sure enough, it sold for $500. 
right? So Google, yeah. And what it can do too is it may not give you, like you might click on shopping and sometimes you get lucky and it'll show you like comps from other sites like Mercari and Poshmark and mm -hmm. all those. But sometimes it'll just give you like a Wikipedia page or whatever. But what you're able to do then is you can like figure out what the era, right? And the era is very powerful because then like if you find out that something you thought was from like the 2000s, but you find out that it's a mid-century item, the value goes way up, mm. right? So Google is definitely your help. And another thing that is a great help that's, that's about research, but researching your bookkeeping is My Reseller Genie. Yeah. And if you haven't signed up for My Reseller Genie and you're still using those Excel sheets or trying to do everything by hand, I implore you to try My Reseller Genie. You can try it out for 15% off the first month by going to the link below and using our code PureHustle, all caps, and guarantee it's going to be a lot easier. It's going to allow you to sleep better. And at least it did for me uh, because you know that there's something that is constantly importing these, those eBay numbers and something you can go back to and go, you know, I went to a garage sale and I forgot to put stuff in the Excel sheet, but all those items sold, you can still go back to my reseller genie, find the items that sold and you can put how much you paid for each item. And that'll be able to give you your cost of goods for later on when you're doing taxes. Yeah. It's a, it's a super useful tool. And again, we want to use tools to make our lives easier. And when you're reselling, there's already so many things you have to do and that you should do in order to make you know more profit. And taxes is one of those things you have to do. And so if you've got any kind of shortcut you can take or tools you can use that are going to make your life easier, you want to implement those. And My Reseller Genie is a great tool for that. Um, so speaking of tools uh, and, and kind of the process that you're going to be moving. So now you've bought the item. You've done as much research as you can do in the field, which honestly is going to be somewhat limited. Like you can only do so much in the field. I mean, you could do all of the research completely in the field, but it leads to some awkward situations, right? If you're trying to air at a garage sale and you're like spending a whole bunch of time researching this item, um, if you've got a good indication that it's profitable and you can pick it up for a decent price, just move on it, right? And and then maybe later you find out like, oh, this is very, very profitable or oh, it's a little bit less than I thought it was. Um, so you got to make those decisions. But if you're stuck there and you're doing tons of research, you're probably going to give that person some an indication that maybe they need to charge more for it. Oh, maybe yeah. they local start doing deals? research. I've lost money on yeah. local deals yeah. doing that. So you gotta be you gotta be willing to move quickly. So some of that research you're gonna do when you get home. And you know, going back to that idea of, of uh the sell-through rate. So looking at the sell-through rate, you can kind of do that when you're in the field, but one of the tools that we like to do or one of the little hacks is just to have the sold locked on your search. Cause then that makes it really quick to like, Oh, these are selling. Cause if you see that a whole bunch of whatever, this puzzle, this unopened puzzle, tons of them have sold for $35 a piece and you know, you can pick it up for a dollar. Sweet. I'm going to grab it. It's small. I can sell for a decent price. Then you get home and then you have a little bit more time that you can spend. And we kind of talked about this already, but looking at the sell through rate, how many of these are selling, uh, because then maybe you see like, hey, yeah, they've been selling for $35. But again, that was a couple months ago. Uh, there's quite a few listed. Now the ones that are selling are selling for a little bit less. Okay, the ones that are listed are even less than the, the previous solds. So that's going to give you an indication of how are you going to price this. Um, if, if there are, because again, you want to typically move things as quick as you can, unless you think you have a collectible that's going to just continue to go up in value. Chances are you want to be able to move the item as fast as you can after you buy it. So that might mean undercutting everybody. And if if the if the sell-through rate seems to be, eh, it's, it's pretty good, but most of them are selling at $35, $32, something like that. Hey, I'm just going to put this up for 28 bucks. It's going to go quick and I'm, I'm moving it. Um, otherwise, you might realize you're stuck with, you know, 
a whole bunch of other people at this competitive rate. So you got to find where you're going to be competitive price wise. And one of the best ways of doing that isn't just because when I first started, I almost always price to my prices, whatever the highest recent sold was. Mm. So if it's like, oh, the most recent sold on this was 98 bucks. I'm going to set mine for $98 because clearly people, somebody's willing to pay that That's much That's how for. it used to be though. Yeah. It used to be like that. So, but now I spend a little bit more time saying like, okay, what are other people priced at? Hey, there's a lot of people priced in the 90 to hundred dollar range. I'm just going to put it up for 85. It's going to move faster. I'm going to be able to undercut people because they're still selling ish at that, at that range. So you, you need to look and, and having that sell through rate and then even recognizing, um, and then kind of going back to that idea of like, um, looking at terapy or something like is the sell through like seasonal because maybe maybe you look at something and it doesn't seem like it's selling very much but you're like hey this looks like a winter item uh and uh you know it's the summertime right now so there's not like a lot of solds for this but you can still kind of you you get an idea of whether or not this is going to be valuable based off of how many listings there are at what prices yeah agreed now on top of that when you're looking this is before you even get to terapy take a look at people's shipping Right. Are there people like pretty much like retail arbitrage is one of these. Generally with retail arbitrage, everybody's selling stuff with free shipping. You know, things may change now as, you know, prices have gone up and and we're in a different time. But everyone pretty much when they do retail arbitrage, like let's say from Ross or TJ Maxx or Marshall, whatever, they do free shipping. Right. So if you're the only person that's listing something with shipping, chances are your item's not going to sell or it's going to take a long time to sell. So make sure you're looking at what the shipping looks like. Are people using expedited shipping or are they doing ground shipping? And maybe that will give you the advantage, right? Do that research because that that will give you the advantage. For example, all the time I, I see people like, for example, they will they will sell an they're selling an item, and the, I for whatever reason they're charging so much in shipping that I'll go in there and I'll list my item for maybe you know. more than that person, but my shipping is cheaper and my stuff will sell within the week. And it happens all the time, all the time. So make sure you're taking a look at your shipping to ensure that you're staying competitive. So let's say you go to Terapeak now. Okay. If you go to Terapeak, that's going to give you a ton of information. And to be on Terapeak, you need to have an eBay store. I think you need to have the standard and above, but there's a ton of things. Number one, you can check are people selling their items on auction or are they selling it at buy it now? So going back to the lantern, if you were to go to therapy right now with the lantern that I had, I did the research for the last two years. So mine is one of the highest out there right now. Okay. Right. As okay, far wait, as wait, what wait. it sold for or what, what it sold, sold for, okay. what it sold for. Right. Okay. The only thing, uh, there's a few others that are $1,500 and those are all buy it now. Okay. Guess what the highest one, how it sold. Hmm. It sold at auction. Okay. And it sold for $15,000. But it wasn't yours. It wasn't mine. Okay. So, but, so what I noticed is that there was a huge gap, right? And I do think if mine went to auction and there were the right buyers on that one, I don't know if it would have gotten a 15K, but it would have gotten several thousand dollars. You think so? I think so. And I've made my piece about it. I'm okay with it. It's again, I I paid a very valuable lesson, but, but be aware that like sometimes the auction may be the best route, but you won't see that unless you go to therapy. Yeah. Especially if it's like an older auction or something. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, just think about that. So you sold it for what? 500. Yeah. Maybe let's just say you could have got 2000 for it. So you lost. Procter and Gamble. 
Ben and Jerry, supply and demand. These are pairs that change the game. But when it comes to business growth, it's you and Shopify. From that exciting moment you launch your online shop to setting foot in your first real life shop and gasping as you hit that millionth order, Shopify's beside you, cheering you on. Selling shipping supplies or maybe promoting productivity programs, it doesn't matter. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Their all-in-one e-commerce platform? Check. In-person POS system? You bet. Turn those casual browsers into loyal buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. Did you know it's up to 36% better than other platforms? And there's more. Meet Shopify Magic, your AI-powered MVP, making your life easier. Fact time. Shopify powers a whopping 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. They're the driving force behind big names like Allbirds and Brooklinen. And guess what? They support millions of entrepreneurs across 175 countries. Oh, and did I mention their award-winning support team? Always there, every step of the way. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash pure hustle, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pure hustle now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pure hustle. I'm not trying to rub any of this. Uh, I'm good. I, I'm, I, I am not even so bothered. Let's say you lost $1,500. Let's just say that's the thing. Okay. So yeah. that was a $1,500 lesson. But think about like a lot of what's coming out of this episode. So obviously we knew a lot of this stuff, but, but some of this, like even just the refreshers and like, okay, this is maybe a new best practice I'm going to take. That was a $1,500, like, like a course, like you, you went to a college, you paid $1,500 to learn this but I'm lesson. I'm going to make a lot more money. But you're going to make more money. But think about like the listeners now. So like one of the reasons like we, we want to do this kind of research. Like, so some of this research we're talking, this whole episode, we're, we're specifically talking about like practical tools that you can use. And we're not even really covering the like, learning aspect of this when it comes to like researching by by listening to podcasts and YouTube shows and all of that mm -hmm. and following social media. But just for a moment, think about that too. The fact that you paid $1,500 essentially to learn that lesson and that now we're able to pass on to our listeners for free. Mm -hmm. And hopefully even if a handful of them are like, you know, I used to never check therapy, but that's a good point. Or, you know, I never thought about like, maybe I should do worth point for this item or and Google lens. What's like, maybe just one or two things that somebody can pick up and they didn't have to, 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 to learn that lesson yeah, by paying yeah. $1,500, right. Or yeah, losing $1,500. Yeah. So uh, what a cool thing to, to do. I mean, it, it sucks. <laughs> yes. By accident. It sucks. But, but, but again, but I'm not okay. Like, like the reason I'm at peace is I'm going to make a lot more money now. The, the reason I say that is if that scenario didn't happen, let's say for whatever reason I sold it for like a thousand. I probably would have been like, cool. I don't need to research this anymore. Right. But the fact that I ha actually had a good friend too, that sent me like stuff after the fact who did the research and he's like, Hey, look at how much this one sold for and this one. And then I was like, Oh no, oh, no. it made me go down that rabbit trail. And now this is why I'm using worth point. This is why I'm paying closer attention. What I pick up. This is why I'm taking a look at, you know, maybe auctions would have been the better route because I've always said buy now with best offer, 
But if it's an item that is so unique, right, you never know what you might get. And and it's true. The opposite could be true where I could have listed this in auction and it would have sold for $500, right? I don't think that would have been the case, but that's how it is. But yeah, I agree with you, Mike. Like the, the, we document our journey here, right? We document our journey to help others. And so you don't have to make the same mistake Orlando made. And when you find that awesome vintage item, you will do the proper due diligence. Yeah. Uh, and that's what this this is what this episode is about, right? Good research equals higher profits. That's right. Now you had also talked about you know check the price history. That's important, right? Because things sell at different rates. Like Mister Christmas stuff sells for good money in my experience in the summer in comparison to let's say uh, the winter or even close to Christmas because people are getting ready for Christmas. Okay, some people might think, oh, the last minute people will buy for a lot more money. I don't find that to be the case. I find that the people that really buy all those Christmas decorations, they prepare way ahead of time and they'll pay good money in the summer for it. Yeah, just just knowing the season, right? Like, I mean, I think that's something we all kind of intrinsically know. Uh, but yeah, just being reminded of like, hey, it is hard when you're just using the 90 day total or the 90 day like recent sold comps as opposed to or 120 days or whatever you're getting as opposed to like, Hey, I'm looking at a year or two years, or I'm going on worth point. I'm looking at several years. That data makes a big difference. And so if you're only looking at like right now, it might not be in season. And so unless you really know that niche and you're like, oh yeah, this is there's no solds right now, but this will sell, then something like Terapeak is gonna be really helpful. And another thing that Terapeak can be very helpful with, uh, and you kind of touched on this already in in some ways, but is just recognizing like what are my competitors doing in order to be competitive and sell this item? Mm -hmm. Like, does this item typically only sell if it has free shipping? Because if you're like, hey, I, my price is competitive, but all of the recent solds that have sold at the highest values have had free shipping, then you know that's a category or an item that the customer base, for whatever reason, just anticipates free shipping. Or maybe maybe it's a, an item where shipping is higher, but something... So the cool thing about something like Terapeak is you can filter and sort based off of different criteria and realize like, hey, this is the... Actually, this item sells best when it's bundled with these other things, it seems like. Hmm. So using that kind of criteria is going to help you to recognize how you should do the listing because maybe even keywords, because that's the thing too, is you can look like, okay, like what kind of what kind of keywords are they using? What kind of and that those are all useful tools that you can use to make sure when you're listing that you're going to be able to potentially get the highest profit. Yeah, agreed. Now I wanted to add something more here. So when you research I strongly recommend whether it's Terapeak or WorthPoint or eBay that you start, you can do the first specific, right? You get very specific, right? Let's say it's a, I don't know, a duck decoy, right? You can use the author's last name. Uh, you can use uh, what kind of duck it is, what kind of material, but sometimes like e with eBay and Terapeak and WorthPoint and all these, sometimes what it does, it's so narrow you're not going to get the bigger picture of what the item could sell for. Mm. Right. And so sometimes it's better to go generic. So what I do sometimes if it's an item and I can't find a comp, so let's say it's a, so let's say, let's throw out Nintendo, a world champs, a video game, which is probably the grail of video games. Okay. You may, you know, if you put uh, just Nintendo world champs, you may get like my shirt that I'm trying to sell for a lot of money. You may get, um, which hasn't sold. So let's go to sold, right? You might get uh recent shirts that sold right in the, in there's the shirts that were made like in the two thousands that go for like 300, you may get uh magazines, but if you just put Nintendo, uh, world, you may get 
a ton of other stuff because maybe people didn't put certain keywords and you might find what it really goes for. And I usually put like really broad words. Like I'll find, I'll find the brand like for, for let's say the lamp. If I put like a, it's a, it was Westlake Adams, right? I put that and I put the highest sold and I can go from there and go, okay, let's see if my, if mine is there. Okay. There's one that's similar there. It's not the exact same. That's why I wouldn't have the same keywords, but it's very possible that it's worth that much. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right. You, you want to try to go bright, especially when you're looking at something that you can sell for a lot of money. All right. And then last of all, if there's at least as far as when, when you're listing, if there's uh, nothing close, you can always check other auction websites. Right. I had brought those up, but there's um there's like Ruby Lane, which does like vintage toys, like stuffed animals and stuff from like the 40s, 50s. There's first dibs. I'm trying to think what other sites. There's uh Solace Auctioneers. Um there, there's a bunch of sites. So what I would do is I would put the keywords of your item in Google and put in auction or whatever it is. And what you'll find is how much it's worth for. So for example, uh, with these railroad lanterns, what I found was the most expensive ones to sell in the last five years. And it was an auction house and they had all 20 of them on there. Right. And it went from one that sold for 46,000 all the way to one that sold for like 500. Right. And everything in between. And so sometimes you might find stuff at an auction house. I just sold, uh, and I just sold, I just had mentioned in our whatever previous episode about that, uh, Herman Miller Eames chair. Mm. I could not find comps on eBay. And I could find some on WorthPoint, but I actually found how much it's actually selling for on an auction website where it sold for $2,000, right? So don't think that it has to be the standard Mercari, Poshmark, you know, eBay, Bonanza, whatever you want to call it. There's so many other places that things can sell. Now, that also means in those auction sites, they probably had an email list that went to people that buy those items and that's why they were able to get so much for it. So think about that too. Yeah, it's good. All right. Hey, before we move on, uh, a great place too, that we're going to uh, mention later, if you can't find comps is being a discord. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, we have a discord that's tied to our Patreon. If you support us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash purosal podcast in the link below, uh, for five fifty five a month, uh, you get to join it. You get to support us, which is the whole purpose of the Patreon. Uh, but the bonus is you get to go on the Discord. And if there's an item you pick up and you don't know what it is, you can always, you know, upload a picture on there. And we have people that are antique dealers in there. We have people uh, that are, you know, streetwear people. We have individuals that do vintage toys, uh, records all over the place. And so there's there's a great avenue of wealth of knowledge in the discord. So check us out there. And also if you haven't yet follow us on social media, we are pure podcast on all social media and we are pure cast on Twitter. Also, you can uh, leave us a phone call voicemail at 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. I'm waiting for the time that I accidentally picked that up. Cause I think I still have it going on my phone when somebody calls. Yeah, me too. It, <laughs> it rings in my phone too. I've, I've almost answered the like, phone call. That would Hello. Yeah. Oh, you got to hustle. The- Oh, you called the podcast. My bad. Yeah, Google <laughs> Google Voice does some weird stuff sometimes. So. So, so you can leave us a call there or you can shoot us an email at podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. And as always, if you want to leave us an iTunes review, we're always grateful for those. Uh, I always like to share some. And so I want to share uh, two or three of them today. Um, because whenever you leave a five star there, absolutely good ones, right? And the, well, yeah. And if they're not, that's okay. We like to keep it real, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, 
it really helps us when you leave the five stars and you let people know why you listen to the podcast. And so this first one, I saw, I saw this one. I know who this is. This is probably my friend growing up, but if you're listening, bro, like text me and let me know this was you. Cause I think it is you. So this comes from Archangel less. And they said, this is a great podcast. The chemistry of the host is evident and the honesty between them is appreciated. Please listen to them. If you're just starting out a veteran, we're just wanting to listen to some good people talking about what they've done over years of knowledge. Nice. So thank you, Archangel Liss, if you if that is you. So <laughs> I know who it is. I need to text them. Um, all right. This comes from uh, FenPond39. Says, love the show. I found so much useful information in the podcast. They really know what they're talking about. And I enjoy listening to them week after week. Highly recommend. Well, thank, thank you so you. much. That's a good one. Appreciate that. And this is from Greg Beal. Said exactly what I need. Mm. These two have helped my part-time resale on eBay for years. So many helps and ideas. I've listened to every episode and look forward to nice. each one. Highly, highly recommend. Nice. I love that. So they're all kind. And yeah. I'm okay. If there's not kind ones, I'm okay. Just as long as people keep dropping the five stars, we're good. You know? Yeah, yeah. Keep them five stars. I want to get back to 5.0. We're still at 4.9. Mathematically, it's impossible, man. That's not how that works. But it, I've seen it happen. Like... It can happen. No, I, I think I think it's I think it's fine to not be it. I mean, I don't trust anything on Amazon that's at a five point stars or whatever. Like, <laughs> I anticipate that it's going to have a like at least half a star off. If you don't have a few random people who are upset, you figure those are all bot reviews. Yeah, that means we're not doing what's right, right? People always say, if you're leading and there is an opposition, that means you're not doing what's right. Yeah, I mean, you're taking that very seriously. I've done that. And I was just thinking, like, <laughs> it, it's very clear that they're not bought reviews. When there you go. There real you go. And I took it next level. Yeah, you're, you're like, <laughs> sorry. If you've got haters, it means that you are, you are facing reality and you are fighting the culture at the moment where it's most needed and times of peril. And okay. Yeah. Turn into David also, Goggins yeah. out of nowhere and go. And, but then that would be a different podcast. Yeah, a different was, podcast for sure. <laughs> All right. Hey, um, yeah. So leave us an iTunes review. All right. Let's talk about some awesome hustler. Finds. Come on hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. Hustle of the week is where uh, listeners and us talk about uh, kind of the big scores. We're, we're not big on like, you know, all, trying to pretend like we get million dollar sales all the time. But part of being a real reseller is, you really do get good sales every once in a while. You find some sweet things and you make a lot of money um, every once in a while. The, the, the stories are just amazing. So uh, our first one comes from Excelled Flips. This is a member of our Discord. So picked up a donut maker at a yard sale a while back. So it was from a donut shop that was getting rid of their old spare donut maker. Uh, and at first, uh, Excelled Flips didn't pick it up because they wanted $600 and they couldn't find any comps. Uh, so they left and when they were kind of doing some other things, they were able to find some comps of the brand and realize like, Oh wait, there's some money here. It's time to go back. So uh, they walked back up and they said that they'd do 400 and the, the sellers actually even threw in a heat lamp also, which the heat lamp sold for a hundred dollars locally. So So down to $300 for the, this donut maker. So sat for a while and had to counter some $500 to a thousand dollar offers. So we already know that this is definitely at least a $700 plus profit because yep. you got it for 300. You're, you're countering thousand dollar. Those are your low ball offers. Okay. Finally accepted an offer. So it was a little orbits, mini donut machine fryer. So it's oh, a I commercial mini, mini donut maker <laughs> with two hoppers and it sold for $1,800 plus wild. shipping. So from $300 to $1,800, you got the shipping on top of that. Holy smokes. That's the way to do it. And yet commercial, Commercial chicken, uh, chicken, <laughs> commercial kitchenware 
and I'm sure chicken wire too, but, but commercial chick <laughs> kitchen stuff. <laughs> wow. I don't know why I can't say the word kitchen right now. This is organic. Um, so kitchen stuff can be very, very profitable. I mean, I've sold, I've sold like espresso machines that are like, not just like small ones that are household ones, but like full on donut shop ones. Uh, and I've also sold not quite commercial grade, but like that, the Otis yeah, uh, cookie, cookie maker, right? Same thing where it's like, it's higher quality than most people would have in their home for like that, that they make cookies, they're just using an oven. So they don't got like a special cookie oven. But yeah, I mean, sometimes the, these things can be very, very valuable. So what a, what a great hustle of the week. Yeah, it was good. And I really appreciate the fact that they were willing to pay up, right? Cause yeah. you know, it's $400, it's like yeah. it's a little risky there. Okay. All right, so this one comes from secondhand underscore solo from the Discord. Picked up three hockey plush and a San Diego Chargers plush at the thrift for $6. It is $6. My notes were off there. <laughs> These uh, sold two of them. Okay. And decided to strike while the iron was hot. So listed these and sold these because the Stanley Cup finals were right around the corner. Now, they also sold the Chargers plush, which was surprising. So, what ended up happening? They paid $6, right? For four. They still have, you know, one more to sell. Uh, but there was, a, there was a documentary. So, what they picked up was uh, Danbury Trashers. Do you know who that is? Nope. It's like a hockey team. I think it's UHL. Okay. Uh, it's a plush. And there's actually a documentary that came out, Untold Crimes and Penalties. Sounds intense. Yeah. Anyways, sold the two plush. Okay, I sold one of the two plush for $150 plus ship. Okay, so they paid what? Like two to three bucks for that plush? Mm -hmm. Pretty awesome. And then the Chargers one. Okay, so let's go back to the Danbury. The Danbury Trashers was a limited edition scrappy plush sold for 130, excuse me, 130. And then the Chargers one in the off season. So you should always be listening. Your round was a 1983 NFL huddles mascot, San Diego Chargers Tudor plush. And that one sold for $150 plus ship. So in total, you got $380 coming out of a six, $6 source. Wow. That's crazy. And you still got leftovers. That's pretty amazing. So this, this one, uh, I just, I gave this to you cause I knew you'd enjoy this. That's all the week. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do the best I can on it. So, um, I'm not sure. I'm going to butcher the name. Just spell it. Just spell it out. I'm not going to spell it out. I see, I see ox treasures. I see treasures. I see treasures. Okay. Um, on Instagram. So I was on an overnight trip to the beach and stopped at the Goodwill outlet bins. Right. So I'm, I'm excited to have the opportunity to make that part of my, my uh, reselling more often is the outlets. And we've talked about the potentially gross nature of that. Uh, so was in there and found some interesting looking uh, uh, or an interesting looking bathing suit. One of those things I typically wouldn't sell, but let's see how this goes. So everything there was weighed by the pound. And so got it for about a dollar. A week later, searched for comps to list it on eBay. And most were going for 30 to 50, except came across the exact design which sold for around $210 with the best offer accepted. Uh, so this person listed it high and waited. And after sitting for about two weeks, received an offer for $179 plus shipping. Uh, they said they couldn't accept it fast enough. Yeah. So for, for a dollar bathing suit to sell for 179 and uh, man, you never know. They were swim trunks. Okay. Your favorite used item to source. Yeah. I don't, I've never done that. I haven't, I haven't yet, but. If I, if I knew I can make $179 off of them, I'd do it, man. I would do it. I would never wear them. See, I never thought I would I would sell you shoes either. That's true. But then once I started, I'm like, yeah, of course I sell you shoes. So, you know, you, I guess you never know. Now, these are Paul and Shark, which are Bolo, but prices have gone down. They There needs to be a lot of money in Paul really? and Shark. 
So yeah, nice work there uh, on the swimming short. Nice. It is true. It is true. All right. Hey, so what is your uh, hustle of the week? Um, I'm going to skip this week. I don't really have one. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, I mean, we're real. I don't want to like, make up. Stuff. Yeah. I don't want to really make something up. So the, I'm, I'm still on like basically my eBay store is on pause right now as we're finishing up the move and, uh, packing things. And, uh, it's just, that had to be the area we cut right now. So, uh, yeah, no hustle of the week other than, um, you know, learning from these people. Your hustle was research. moving to Texas. Yeah. So I think by the time this one's dropping or we're, we're in Texas. So that's yeah, crazy. Okay. Crazy. All right. So mine was an interesting one. The reason I want to share this is it's not a massive one, you know, uh, but it was good profit still. So members only jackets. Do you remember those? Yeah. They used to be hot on eBay, like back in the day. Yeah. Like probably right before we started our podcast. So I remember scavenger life would sell a lot of members only jackets. They're the OG podcast of reselling. And you know, value has gone down and now I see them all the time. Like I remember at a garage sale, somebody had like eight of them and they're super nice and clean. Uh, and she wanted like 15 for each, but they only go for like 30 to 50 bucks now. And it just wasn't worth it. But I did pick up uh, a varsity jacket, a leather, uh, you know, with the leather sleeves, mm-hmm. wool members only jacket, new with tags at the thrift. It was 10 bucks. Now it's been a while. It was like a year since I sourced this. But the reason I'm loving this sale, right, is that I paid $10 for it and the amount it sold for. But more importantly, it sold on Bonanza. And we don't talk much about Bonanza because for whatever reason, Bonanza, (laughs) it doesn't matter how many items you have in your store, you're only going to sell like three to five items a month. But Bonanza is really easy. If you sell on eBay, you can import all your eBay listings onto Bonanza. And when something sells, it normally it does 99% of the time pull that item. Uh, if it's on Bonanza, it'll pull it from eBay. And if it's on eBay, it'll pull it from Bonanza. But I find that people buy stuff at full price. Hmm. And so I had it listed and somebody bought this $10 jacket for $148 plus ship. Nice. I was happy about it because, yeah. I mean, and and it's and I never get Bonanza returned. Yeah, never. good. Never get Bonanza return. So, you know, if you haven't checked out Bonanza, you should check out Bonanza. Hey, and before we move on, if you're looking to source items and source items for a great price, definitely check out a one not You can use our link below and you'll get $15 credit, whether you want to buy stuff for yourself or you just want to buy something to flip. Uh, they've also changed some of their uh, shipping structure, which allows you to buy more at a great price. So definitely check that out. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of people uh, sign up there and, uh, you know, it's cool because when they buy something, you know, because through our link, they tell us from like what store, or what they bought or what mm-hmm. store. They didn't tell us what they buy. I think they tell us what store. And it's like, oh, cool. They bought some vintage toys or they bought this. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to buy uh, from us. Now, one that's probably going to remove that feature because maybe a privacy issue. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, uh, check out when not get that free $15 credit. All right. What do you do now when there's no comps? Uh, I mean, you got a few different options, right? So really you want to go to the experts in the field. And there's a few different ways you can do this, right? Like I, I have a friend who's like really into RC planes. I've got another mm-hmm. friend who's really into like vintage audio. So like when somebody's into something like that and you talk to them about it, they like eat and breathe and sleep that hobby. Mm -hmm. And when you talk to them, it's not just that they eat, breathe and sleep the hobby, but like their community does too. Like they are in forums, they're in Facebook groups, they've got their own discord set up just for that thing. And so a lot of times you can go to those communities, especially, I mean, if you've got like something that you think like this might be a $30 item, 
you probably don't want to go bug the experts in the field. But if you're like, this seems like a really unique, like musical, like pedal that seems different. And like, I've sold a lot, but this one, then maybe go find like some, some people who are like, they, they're collecting the guitar pedals because a lot of times they're going to be more than happy to share information about it. If you can find a Facebook group or a forum or a Reddit group on something like that, because those people love those things, especially if it's something that's like, Oh, that's a, that's a 1969, you know, such and such. And you know, th- that was popular back then. And we've kind of switched and people don't really buy those any you're going to get a ton of information, a ton of keywords. And it takes a little bit of work, which is again, why I don't suggest doing this. If you think this is just a small item, but, but mm. even still, there's probably forums and groups of people who collect, uh, really old antique, like railroad stuff. Mm-hmm. And so if you were to be willing to say like, this might be like, not just like a thousand dollar item, but this might be like a $40,000 item. Mm. It's worth it. I think at that point to like, work your way into one of those groups and say like, Hey guys, I, you know, I'm not trying to sell anything. I just have a question. I came across this. Does anybody know anything about this? And you would potentially get just tons of information from people who would say like, Oh my gosh, that's from the such and such a train. The, 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 those were made this year. Things that you would never find if you were just looking on an, you know, an eBay comp. Yeah. Uh, and so it's worth spending the time to ask those people. And again, I've never met, I mean, maybe there's fields where the collectors, like if you put something up and they're like, oh yeah, that's just junk. But, but nine times out of 10, they're excited to talk about the thing too. Yeah. So they're going to be happy to tell you about it unless you're coming across like, Hey, does anybody want to buy this thing? I mean, you might get offers. People might say like, I would love to buy that from you, which may or may not be a good thing that might be worthwhile saying like, well, I'm going to post this on eBay because they might be trying to lowball you. Or sometimes collectors will pay more. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't want to, they don't want to go into a bidding war or something. So yeah, you, uh, it's, it's not, again, it's one of those things where this isn't, I don't want to say it's last case scenario, uh, but it's one of those things where it you don't want to overuse this cause it's going to take a lot of time and energy potentially, maybe not, maybe just find a Reddit group, but it's worth spending that time. If you think you found something that might be very, very valuable. Yeah. Like for example, again, the railroad lantern that I had, right. I did have somebody message me and, and tell me, you know, they gave me a fair offer and, and the, the reason it's expensive or valuable is because of the globe. But had I gone to one of the Facebook groups, I'm pretty sure like I would have had people just dropping money on it. Yeah. Like right there, you know, yeah. and they or, or people would have definitely been like, that is really awesome. It's from this year. You know, like, for example, I didn't realize that I I just was thinking about this, like the the globe itself in there is very possible you could have just take it out and put it in an older lantern another older lantern and maybe that's what people do yeah. i don't know if that takes away the value but that's very possible it's gonna watch one day i'm gonna be scrolling through social media and so on tiktok i i follow antiques roadshow and it's gonna end up on antiques roadshow it, it might and i'm gonna be like no all right anyways all right now Outside of that, okay, so I think Facebook groups are very, very valuable. I think our Discord is very valuable. But let's say you've gone to all the experts, right, and no one has been able to say anything. You can always throw it up on social media. Now, you want to make sure you're using hashtags, right? So you want to say, let's say it's a it's a vintage Nintendo game, right? You want to make sure Nintendo is one of your hashtags, and you want to make sure you put NES. You want to say you put retro games. You want to make sure you put 80s video games, or like whatever hashtags. Put as many hashtags as you can that you think is related to that item, and what it'll do, it'll drive to the traffic will be driven to the people that are following those hashtags, and you might get somebody that it comes across, and they'll see it, and they'll be able to go, 
yeah, I know what that is. And they'll just put it in the comments yeah. or they'll DM you or whatever the case is. The, the power of social media is crazy, especially the algorithms. So, for example, you know, we have our hustle of the week algorithm, right? And so, I mean, algorithm hashtag. So whenever people post hustle of the week, when I'm scrolling through Instagram, the hustle of the week hashtag comes up and I, I'm able to see what people get. It doesn't always come up because for whatever reason, the algorithm makes choices. Uh, but if somebody is always going to that one hashtag, right, if they're going to vintage Nintendo games over and over again, the algorithm is going to feed them everything that is in that hashtag. And it may be that item that you're trying to find the value on. Yep. So yep. definitely do that. Yeah. And then I would say one of the things, and, and this is probably a big lesson you learned on this too, is if you really don't know, and you're not sure there's almost no point in doing and and it could be very valuable there's almost no point in doing the buy it now because you may be way underselling and, and then you deal with the risk of oh no did i undersell it uh, and we always talk about having the best offer because that allows maybe i price it too high and so i'm, I'm opening up some flexibility for someone to come in and, and let the market decide like hey the 400 dollars you're asking for this is too high but i'll do 150 and if you get a few offers at that and you're like okay maybe that's what this is worth but an auction is a very useful tool also. Now, I, I don't suggest saying like, I'm just going to throw this at a $1 auction yeah. and just see what happens. Put it at a price you would you originally think maybe you'd be okay with as my my buy it now. You're like, hey, I, maybe $500 is my buy it now price on this. I'm going to run it as an auction at that price, maybe even a little higher. You can have best offer available if you want to. And then you know maybe you realize like, okay, this is too high. But it, it really won't hurt you to maybe run it for a few weeks and find out. Maybe even start really high and, and let the market tell you. Maybe you get a couple people message you like, hey, this is a really cool uh, lantern that you're selling for a thousand bucks on this auction. But but really, these are like $600. Like, can we work on this? And if a few times it doesn't sell at that, then now the, the market has told you what it's worth. Um, but at the same time, if it is something that's really valuable and you might have sold it easily for 500 bucks, like, oh, this is great. I've made $500 on this. And you throw it up on auction and next thing you know it's at a thousand and now it's at two thousand now it's at four thousand now it's at six you would have never thought to put it up for that high if you didn't if you couldn't have found all these comps and maybe some things it's not worth doing all of this if you're just like oh this looks like a couple hundred dollar mm -hmm. item so an auction we don't recommend auction for everything but there may be times where if you just don't know like let that's the best way yeah, of letting the market, the market determine yeah. So, and I, I, yeah, again, I want to reiterate the fact you don't have to go to 99 cents. I, I see so many things I've picked, I've sourced so many items for so cheap, in. just sniping in because people just didn't know the value and they thought the market would tell them. But again, that's, that's dangerous too, because the market may not tell you. It all depends, you know, who is watching the auction. Is the right buyer looking at the right times? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like for whatnot, right? The reason that whatnot is is does very well for some people is because they have a lot of people in the room. It all it all depends on who's in that virtual room in that space looking at that item, right? And so it's very possible with that lantern, I could have gone on auction and I could have maybe started at five hundred and it might have just sold at five hundred, yep. right? I could have put it at ninety nine cents and it would have sold for. $50, yep. which I'm sure happens a lot, a lot. So hopefully this uh, episode definitely, uh, you know, when we went into the weeds, I think like we went in depth. Is that what you say? Went into the weeds? Maybe. Um, I feel like, I feel like we, we did well. We went into a lot of very practical, useful tools that can be used in various scenarios. Okay. <laughs> I, think you, I think typically maybe I'm wrong. I think typically when you're out in the weeds, it's like you're, you're in the, like the random stuff that's very, <laughs> Not necessarily useful. Okay. You're the English teacher. I'm, yeah. I'm the history guy. Okay. So we went in depth. That's right. Okay. We went micro. 
Yeah. All right. We went like, for example, uh, when you when I went to graduate school, uh, when you study history, you study like, let's say, the history of like Latin America for your undergrad. And then for your graduate, you study uh, a city. And then by the time you get your PhD, you study a fisherman that's on a boat. Yeah, and that's get, what we did. You get very, uh, very specialized. Correct. You know more and more about less and less. There you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know more and more about less. <laughs> all right, and less. Okay, there you go. There you go. Well, hopefully, you learned a lot more, and this was helpful to you. Yeah. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling leads. Peace.